0: When I thought fitness and, and outdoor adventure kind of popped into my mind, I was like, Are you nuts? Like, I've what? <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm this fat opera singer. Like, this makes zero sense. I just took the leap, one foot in front of the other, right?
1: Kanoa Green was born into a family of surfers in Hawaii. But for a long time, she didn't feel like she belonged in the ocean. She'd never seen a plus-size person out in the water, and she struggled to find gear to fit her body. Kanoa put surfing on the back burner. Eventually, when she was in her 30s, she stood up on a wave for the first time, and it opened up a new world for her. Now Kanoa's goal is to help other people, no matter their size, discover their own sense of adventure. I'm Shelby Stanger, and this is Wild Ideas Worth Living, an REI Co-op Studios production brought to you by Capital One. A few years ago, Kanoa Green started her own outdoor guiding company, Nikoa Adventure. Although her business has been a huge success, Kanoa's path to become an entrepreneur has been anything but ordinary. When she was young, Kanoa was headed in a completely different direction. She was pursuing music and went to school to become an opera singer. Kanoa, welcome to Wild Ideas Worth Living. Thank you for having me. You are sitting in this purple studio with a bright pink, beautiful tank top, and I just, I just love it. You are bringing the energy; it's awesome. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> okay, first of all, yay! I love talking to other surfers. Yay! <laughs> I just went out, and it was really quite good. I live in San Diego. <laughs> um, but before you were a
0: surfer, I read that your first love was opera singing. <laughs> Yes, I was not doing sports. I was not doing team sports. I was choir girl. Like it was music, and again from Hawaii, we love music. It's part of my life, my everyday. Um, And in high school, I saw an opera performance in our school. They came and toured and did a little something, and I was hooked. And I thought. I could get paid to wear ball gowns and wear tiaras (laughs) and just sing. And it really was a love and a passion of mine for for a long time. So what did you do with opera? Talk to me a
1: little bit more about this. I'm I'm really intrigued because I love people who follow passions, whether they're outdoors or creatively. And singing is something I'm absolutely terrible at, but I so appreciate people who are good at it. No one wants to hear me sing. (laughs) I would love to hear you sing.
0: (laughs) <laughs> Amazing.
1: Your laugh is awesome. I can like bottle that up and make it a voicemail.
0: Opera definitely went away. I it's I pursued both undergrad and graduate school. So there was a real commitment there. I thought this was gonna be the thing. And it was just very intense and and mimicked very much what the real world would look like. And I thought this is not how I want to live my life. It's no longer fun. And I think even athletes can understand this is when you take something that you love and you're passionate about and then it becomes work, it's no longer about having fun. And that's what happened. By the time I was getting close to the end of grad school, I knew that I would leave that institution and never do this thing again. Wow. That's that's powerful. I mean, how did you turn around and not look back. It was a process. I, because I felt like a failure, right? Since high school, I had invested time and money and had convinced my family and my friends to support this journey. So making the decision and really knowing and facing myself of this is something that I really have no joy in doing, I felt like a failure. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it took a good two to three years for me to even start to come over that hump of believing in myself again to do anything. Because I felt if I had invested so much time into this, who's to say that I'm going to be okay doing something else? Can I do something else? Because I hadn't learned to do anything else. So it was a process. but. The outdoors actually was part of the process of me getting out of that. It started with hiking, then paddle boarding. And then by the time I leaned into surfing, I just found such a passion and joy and purpose that it fueled me in a way that singing actually never had before. So now I can sit here and say, I was made to do the thing that I'm doing. I never could say that as a singer.
1: After finishing graduate school and deciding to leave opera behind, Kanoa got a job as a recruiter for an advertising firm in New York City. She was really good at it, but corporate life was exhausting. Kanoa knew that she didn't want to spend the rest of her life working long hours in a job she didn't love. A lot of people are stuck. They're in a career they don't totally want to do or they think they should be doing, and then they make this leap, finally, and they find joy. But the road from there
0: to, you know, joy is just a full roller coaster. Absolutely. In corporate, the great thing about being a recruiter is I was able to connect with a lot of people and hear their stories. And in that role, I spoke with so many incredible women. And what I found in working with them a lot of them would get into those positions and still over time be unhappy and actually relatively quickly, right? You're like, this is going to be my dream job And six months in all the glimmer shiny has gone away. And f- after three years, I realized I did not want that to be me. I was very successful in this corporate setting lot of success that i had not seen as an opera singer right and as an opera singer it's not what you're doing well but how you can do better right a lot of athletes know this it's like okay but how can we improve how can we go faster how can we go longer and that's how it was for singing so being in a corporate space where i was being awarded by the work that i was doing i was like oh i love this and i'm getting paid well and there's one i'm like what <laughs> why was I in this world sooner but It came with a price and a sacrifice. I was working 70-hour weeks. I was exhausted all the time. I was not happy. And I realized at some point I would have to jump ship or I'm just going to get comfortable and never leave. And it literally, I had no plan. I just turned in my resignation and was like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but it's not this. (laughs) And I left and started the road of trying to figure it out. That's bold and brave. How did you figure it out? So that was January 1st, 2014, when I, my last day in corporate, and I didn't know what I was going to do. I thought maybe it could be music again. So I tipped the toe in that and quickly realized that was not a fluke. (laughs) Leaving that world was not a fluke. Um, I had an interest in fitness. Because I loved the energy, right? When you go to a fitness class with your friends and there's good music and you're dancing, that I loved the energy of that. But again, there was this big question mark because I had never seen a plus size fitness instructor ever in 2015, 2014, never. So I thought it's something maybe I can do as a, a hobby. And I just started, for me, delving into fitness for my own joy. And that included hiking and doing things outdoors. Once she left the corporate world,
1: Kanoa was in a phase of self-discovery. In the midst of figuring out what was next, she started exploring her passion for fitness. She went to various fitness events and posted educational and motivational videos on social media. Things were starting to come together, but Kanoa had a setback when she experienced a detached retina. She went into surgery to have it repaired, but ended up losing
0: 90% of the vision in her right eye so I went into what was what they say is a routine surgery everyone said everything was going to be fine I went into the surgery being able to see so I thought we were going to be fine so to come out of that experience having lost eyesight I had no way to prepare for that mentally emotionally and your world gets turned upside down because that really was for me well then what am I really going to do now like I don't know anyone else who's been in this situation and I went to Hawaii, was like, let me go to Hawaii and recover and do a slower pace while I go through this process. And through that 22 month process is when I started to explore the outdoors and do hiking. And it was just for me, a place to be outside and to connect with myself. And that's when I discovered in hiking that I have strength in my body as a plus size woman and I have capability and it started to build my confidence.
1: When Kanoa's world was falling apart, Getting outside helped build her back up. This life-changing event made her realize something important. Instead of being held back by fear, Kanoa wanted to pursue all the things she'd been scared of before. In addition to hiking, she experimented with trying other new outdoor sports. Surfing in particular was something she'd dreamed of doing since she was a kid. And in 2018, Kanoa finally caught her first wave.
0: I want to know how you got into the sport. Well, I'm native Hawaiian and my whole family grew up Like surfing, it was just part of their lifestyle. Surf culture was part of my life, and I had never done it because I've always been bigger. I've always been plus size, so I just assumed it was never for me. But I had such a love and admiration for this sport. It one looks really cool (laughs) and so graceful, and the energy. Um, I wanted to be a part of that world, but again, I I put up my own gates of that's not for me. So. Let's just resolve into like, I'm a city girl and I like shopping and that's all I like to do because I didn't think the outdoors were for me. Um, and it took a long time for me to finally tear down that disbelief and say, you know what, let me at least try it. Like, I again, I have not seen people in my body do this thing, but let me just try and see if I can do it. And uh, I thought originally I would start in 2016. That's when I had some gumption and confidence of like, okay, this is, I'm going to do this. I haven't seen plus size people out there and I'm going to do it. But in that process in 2016, I was looking for surf gear and I couldn't find anything that was remotely close to my size. And so it would take another two years until I finally just said, you know what, screw it. Like, even if there's no gear for me, I'm going to go out there and at least just try it. And I fell in love. What year was this When did you start? Where did you start? So it was funny in 2018 January. You know, everyone's doing their New Year's resolutions or their goals list, and in one of mine was learning to surf. Like that was January first. One of the things, didn't know how, when, where, but that's just one of the things I put out. 2018. 2018. So very new. And yeah, you rip. I'm like kind of mind blown because I've seen pictures
1: of you and you're very good. Thank you. It's in my genetics.
0: (laughs) That's not fair. Okay, so 2018. 2018. I put it out there. And I'm thinking, I'm just going to go through the the process of strengthening my body and the skills, the flexibility to get out there, um, sharing that journey. And a brand um, had reached out and said, hey, we're actually wanting to create like the first size inclusive surfwear brand. And so they're like, come on out. To Costa Rica. And I was like, listen, you know, I don't know how to surf yet. Like, I'm sharing that I want to learn how to surf. I don't actually know how to surf. And they're like, oh, no, it's fine. We're going to have a lot of people who've never surfed before. We just want to test out the clothing and we're going to learn and have lessons, and it'll be a week in Costa Rica. So I said yes. And in October uh, 2018, we went out to Santa Teresa, Costa Rica, and surfed for seven days. And the first Six days were brutal. (laughs) Um, But again, I went out there with so much pressure on my shoulders of, I have to prove this to myself and the world that I can do this. And I wasn't having fun. I was just going out there with this mission. And it wasn't until... My instructor was like, listen, like, this is about having fun like and just being out there and playing. And I was like, OK, so I booked a private session and we went out, had fun. And I stood up the first time and then the second and then the third. And it was just like, oh, like, we just have to have fun. <laughs> and then I was obsessed.
1: On that trip, Kanoa realized that if she had been discouraged from surfing, so had other people of all shapes and sizes. The opportunities for plus-size people to go adventuring were few and far between. In that moment, Kanoa took it upon herself to bridge the gap. When we come back, Kanoa tells us about starting her guiding company, breaking through fear, and her advice for going after wild ideas. I have good news. The REI Co-op MasterCard turns everyday spending into limitless possibilities by offering benefits and rewards that support your love of the outdoors. The REI Co-op MasterCard is just available to members, taking your membership even further by offering 5% rewards on every purchase at REI, on top of your typical 10% co-op member rewards on full price purchases. And there's a bonus. This card also includes a 1.5% reward on purchases anywhere Mastercard is accepted. Not only does the REI Co-op Mastercard benefit you as a co-op member, but it also gives back to the community by donating $2 million annually to the REI Cooperative Action Fund. Visit rei.com/mastercard-podcast to learn more about these benefits and to apply. That's rei.com/mastercard-podcast. Terms apply. Did you know that over hundred million people living in the United States don't have outside spaces close to home? That's one in three people across the country without easy access to space where they can enjoy fresh air, have a picnic, or read a book in the shade. Time outside should never be a luxury. REI Co-op is on a mission to get everyone in America outside in five minutes or less, regardless of where we live. Visit REI.com forward slash outside in five to learn more. Kanoa Green had always loved trying new workouts, from yoga to strength training to Zumba, even rollerblading. But one sport had fascinated her since she was a kid, surfing. After many years of doubting that she would ever be able to stand up on a board, Kanoa rode her first wave in 2018, and her entire world changed. She felt empowered, free, and joyful. Before that surf trip, Kanoa had attracted a social media following, posting videos of workouts and adventures that were accessible for plus-size bodies. When her followers started asking where they could learn to surf, Kanoa realized that she could fill a gap in the industry, so she decided to start NACOA Adventure. So you go on this fresh trip, you finally learn to surf.
0: How did you go from that to leading adventure trips? When I got back, I had shared that whole journey. And my Instagram followers asked me, where can we go and have this type of experience? They could see that it was a safe space. They could see that there were different bodies out there having a great time, just exploring what we could do. And I said, okay, give me a minute, let me see if there's like a plus size surf camp out there. And I Googled and I looked and I searched and I saw nothing that was really specific to that. And I felt bad, I I couldn't go back and say, oh, I'm sorry, there's nothing too bad for you, good luck. I really couldn't, it was, I had that moment of, well, let me see if I can at least try to provide something right? I can something small Cocoa Beach in Florida. So it's not a big thing, something small. And that's what started it. The first surf camp that we created was in 24 2019. It ended up not happening because I think we postponed and then COVID happened. But it really sparked that idea that we needed to create something or that I needed to create something that people could actually do this. And so the first actual any adventure retreat that we had was in 2021 in Greece, which was fantastic. I taught fitness, I taught yoga. Um, It was a mix of just movement, we did a little bit of hiking. And that experience really, for me, I had this idea, but seeing it in action and seeing how it opened up people in ways that even for me, I've never had friends that look like me. You know, I'm always the biggest girl in my group friends. And I said no to doing a lot of things because I didn't want to be embarrassed. And to see yourself surrounded with people who understand and who get it and who are champions of you, it just you let the walls down. And that's when I realized this is what I meant to do. And so this year, we had a uh, adventure in Costa Rica. It was a mixture of body surfing, surfing, kayaking, and paddle boarding. Next year, we're doing six with a combination of a surf camp, rock climbing, hiking, paddle boarding, um, just giving options because we don't have spaces like that for the plus size community to get out there and do these things. Okay, when did you officially found Nicole Adventures? It is registered and trademarked as of 2023. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, Nikoa
1: Adventures. Nikoa, does that mean warriors, something in brave warriors in Hawaii? It means brave warrior, yes. Talk to me about this name, why you decided to found this company, and what your mission is.
0: Yes, um... Well, first, my name is hidden in it, obviously. I mean, Kanoa and Nicoa's is in there. Uh, <laughs> Taw, awesome. Genius. <laughs> and it just so happens that it, you know, it meant brave um, and warrior. And I, because that is my love is creating brave spaces. For a lot of my life, I didn't think I could be brave, right? It was closing off that world, that belief because I just felt like the world was telling me that I couldn't and I didn't belong there. And so for me, I wanted to, once I discovered what that felt like, and that is possible, I wanted to create those for other people. And it's a place for the, for them to come and they can be brave, however that looks like for them, with other people who are on understand um, and want to be their cheerleaders alongside of them. Uh, And our mission is really just to break down those barriers and to bridge the gap. Because I think for early on in my journey, especially in the outdoor industry and fitness, a lot of it was from representation. You know, I would be in magazines. I was in my first magazine was in 2020 um, in Surf Girl magazine as a surfer, and I think since then it's been maybe four magazines. I was on Good Morning America last year, and there's been a lot of representation, which I think is nice. It's. (laughs) It's. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's nice, but it doesn't help someone then get out there and have the equipment and the instructors and the space to actually get out there and do that. You know, I have people who've come to me and they're like, you gave me the courage to go out there and rent a paddleboard, and they told me that they don't have a paddleboard that's big enough for me. You know, for me, that breaks my heart because then that person turns around and they may not have the courage to go back out somewhere else and ask that question. So it was really important for me to create a place where they don't have to ask those questions. They don't have to worry about those things. They just have to come ready to have fun. That's it. I got everything else covered. And it really allows people to step into bravery and confidence in the world of belief and that they can do anything, not only just that thing, but what other things in this life you can do that maybe you didn't realize you could do, but now you're discovering that through this activity. I've always thought of all the jobs I've had in my life. Being a surf instructor
1: was the most important because you get to interact with people and you get to basically do something that empowers them and then they go change their life change just because you life. push them into a wave it's powerful i always tell everybody go be an outdoor guide it is a big important job the outdoors are incredible incredible but you're also this business owner and i know what it takes to like run retreats and it's not easy you're gonna do six next year
0: yes good on you that's awesome <laughs> Six Six in four different countries, four or five different countries. Amazing. So what does this look like? The great thing is, I mean, especially when you do adventure travel, um, working with third party partners has been just stellar for me uh, because I really did want to work with experts in these areas who could do a lot of the heavy lifting, um, who know things that I don't know. Right. Um, So I do work with a lot of people who are way smarter than me. Uh, thankfully, I mean, my corporate career really helped drive the the entrepreneur in me. It's so funny because in grad school, I actually originally wanted to major in international business. And my family told me that I could not and I'd have to go to school for music. <laughs> and it's funny that now we, full circle. <laughs> You're doing international business. Exactly. <laughs> Nicoa
1: Adventure leads outdoor sports trips for people with plus-size bodies. This year, their roster includes surfing, paddleboarding, hiking, rock climbing, and kayaking. For the past three years, the trips have filled up so quickly that in 2024, Kanoa is leading six of them in different countries around the world. It just goes to show that sometimes you have to take a leap of faith in order to find the right path. Kanoa tried plenty of other routes before building a business around outdoor adventure. It turns out that the thing that resonated for her also resonated with countless other plus-size adventurers. People wanted representation and their own opportunities to play outside. It wasn't always clear that this idea would be a success. Just like starting any business, there was a risk that it wouldn't work out. But Kanoa has learned plenty of lessons about failure from adventuring outside. What about failure? You know, failure is a big part of adventure. When you rock climb, you're going to fail and fall a ton. When you surf a wave, like, especially when you're learning, nine times times out of ten, you're going to (laughs) fall. Right.
0: Talk to me about your approach to failure. That was hard because I think I was scared to fail after the opera debacle, right? Like, and actually even after corporate, because I had realized I didn't want to do singing, left that three, four years of corporate and I realized I didn't want to do that. That, it was hard because then I thought, well, now I failed at two things. I failed, right? One thing I had invested time in and everyone thought I was going to be great at. Corporate, I was doing very well and successful when I left. So going into movement and failure now, um, I have had to learn to not be afraid of it and to embrace it um that's a process <laughs> because it's depending what your relationship with failure is and everyone probably has something that that they can go back to that has really kind of you know instilled that fear of failure in them um but for me now like I don't I'm not afraid of failing like I'm honestly at a point now where I'm like what if I fail like <laughs> what else what happens if I go and do these and this is a great example going from one adventure to six next year I was like holy shit like We've sold out the one every year within 24 hours. Like literally we put it out there and it's gone because people want it. So then doing six, it was like, well, I hope people want to like, (laughs) then you're like, well, people are enough. People going to want to do these. And I'm like, you know what? Let's do it. Like I have to go big. I'm doing this. And what happens if we only sell out what it's okay. Like I'm learning and it's not the end of the world. Like my face is not on fire. We're good. Like, (laughs) I love that. What advice would you give to people
1: who want to follow their own wild ideas but maybe they feel like they don't belong or they don't fit in
0: or whatever? It's easier said than done, but it really is the do it. I truly believe that the dream that passion that has been put in your heart was specifically for you. And there is not another human on this planet that can bring that to life in the way that you can. And I really want people to grasp that. Like it's not by accident that that became your passion. When I thought fitness and (laughs) outdoor adventure kind of popped into my mind, I was like, are you nuts? Like I've, what <laughs> like I'm like, I this fat opera singer like this makes zero sense and it's I just took the leap one foot in front of the other right it's like you stumble you get back up and you're like okay I'll figure out the next step and you take that step and you, you're you like and you do that over and over until you're at the place where you're like holy sh- I'm like doing the thing I meant to do and I would do every failure all of it again to end up where I am right now If you want to follow Kanoa or maybe even go
1: on one of her trips, check out her Instagram at Kanoa Green. That's K-A-N-O-A-G-R-E-E-N-E. You can learn more about her company and trips at nakoaadventure.com. That's N-A-K-O-A-adventure.com. If you liked this episode, I think you'll love our interview with Kaylee Kornhauser, one of the founders of All Bodies on Bikes, as well as our interview with Izzy Tihani, the founder of the Surf Diva Surf School. You can find the links to these episodes in our show notes. Wild Ideas Worth Living is part of the REI Podcast Network. It's hosted by me, Shelby Stanger, produced by Annie Fassler, Sylvia Thomas, and Sam piers Nitzberg of Puddle Creative our senior producers are jenny barber and hannah boyd our executive producers are Paolo Motola and joe crosby as always we love it when you follow the show take time to rate it and write a review wherever you listen and remember some of the best adventures happen when you follow your wildest ideas